You're listening to Math Unmuted, where math educators work together to elevate student voice and unmute the math experience in the classroom. My name is Mario Valdez. Like we have to believe, like you say, that our students bring with them natural gifts. And those natural gifts are problem solving, for example, um, that they can make sense of the world around them, right? So like allowing my own headspace as an educator to say, I don't hold all the knowledge, right? And so I think to make that happen, I do need to create a space where kids can feel safe, but also feel brave. When I think of student voice, I think of a student who's engaged, and I don't mean entertained, right? There's a difference between being engaged and entertained. Uh, the opposite of a board is not entertained, it's curious. And without student voice, kids cannot be the ones doing the math, being curious, doing the thinking, and doing the learning. In today's conversation, we chat with Hilda Wright and Joseph Lamb. Hilda is a math coordinator for Kern County Superintendents of Schools and Kern California Mathematics Council Central President. Joseph is a math consultant for Tulare County Office of Education and co-director for California Central Valley Network Improvement Communities. Hilda and Joseph help us reflect and learn about the importance of student voice within our math spaces. We explore how student voice appears and what needs to happen for voice to thrive within our own math spaces. Hello and welcome to Math Unmuted, episode one. I would like to thank our two guests today, Hilda Wright and Joseph Lamb, for taking the time to be part of today's discussion. Hilda and Joseph, our focus here for this podcast is to create a space, a platform for math educators to participate in dialogue around the idea of making math class a place where student agency can grow and thrive. So welcome to Math Unmuted. Saying that, I'd like to begin our conversation by taking a moment to reflect on our own math journey. I'd like to invite us to share a memory or an experience around if you could travel to a specific moment in your math journey, knowing what you know now, what is something that you wish you could have said in a math class as a teacher or as a student? Hilda, can I invite you to start our conversation today? Sure, I can start. Um, I immediately think of my high school experience when I was in an Algebra two class and I knew there was some, um, you know, a reputation this teacher being tough or hard. And so I started in that class. I started to not um, understand certain concepts. And I just wish that I would have been able to ask her for help and to ask her questions about what I was learning. And, and I wasn't able to do that. Instead, I dropped the class and changed my math class to um, something that I felt I could actually do at that time. So yeah, even thinking about it right now, um, it saddens me a little bit because I wish that space would have been there for me. Uh, just to build off that, it's funny because I think I, I also think of high school. Um, I wish I had asked well, more questions. What I mean by that is I usually took, I was the rule follower, right? So I went, those kids who pushed back, I kind of considered them rebels. Um, so I wouldn't ask questions. But the funny part was I can clearly remember... A, a, a peer of mine asking me to tutor them because I was doing really well getting high grades. But uh, she only she only got one tutoring session from me. She never came back because all I did was reiterate the steps 
that the, the teacher had given me on the paper, right? So I knew how to follow the steps. So I think she realized quickly, like, this it wasn't helping her. She just still didn't understand. And I think it's because I never questioned what I was doing. I just followed the steps. And so as I got to be an adult and teaching students uh, mathematics, I started to feel like I didn't know math because I didn't know how to help someone understand it because I actually didn't understand it myself. And so I wish I had pushed back and asked more questions instead of just being a rule follower. Thank you, Joseph and Hilda, for sharing that personal reflection. I really appreciate you highlighting the importance of creating a safe space, Hilda. I think that as educators, creating a safe and inviting math space should be that first thing that we work on within our own math communities. And to add to your thoughts, Joseph, you shared how you wish you would have been more of an active learner by asking more questions. And I think they go hand in hand when there's an inviting environment, when there's space, students feel valued and validated. They're able to unmute their thoughts and engage in dialogue. And this brings me to the point of student voice in the math class within our own math instruction. It's the thought that I've explored. I'm trying to learn more about and make sense of because of the importance it has within our math spaces. When you think of other disciplines, the thought of having a voice is accepted and it's promoted. However, when you think about mathematics, our own math spaces, there seems to be an adverse relationship with the thought of having voice or having the opportunity to freely explore, to ask. There seems to be more challenges. I like us to explore what student voice looks like within our own math spaces. Uh, Joseph, as we explore these ideas, how do we make more sense of what student voice looks like within our math class? I, I guess the first thing that came to my mind was a phrase that a colleague says. Uh, and uh, her phrase is, whoever's doing the math is doing the thinking. Whoever's doing the thinking is doing the learning. Right. So, so when I think of student voice, I think of a student who's engaged. And I don't mean entertained. Right. There's a difference between being engaged and entertained. Uh, the opposite of a board is not entertained. It's curious. And without student voice, kids cannot be the ones doing the math, being curious, doing the thinking, and doing the learning. So I think the first thing I thought of around student voice was that, um, that, that that's part of what student voice is. And I think um, when I think of student voice, I think of students like being their authentic selves in a classroom. I think of students being um, feeling comfortable enough to share what they're thinking, to um you know, to be okay with making mistakes, to take risks, uh, to ask questions. Um, I just see them kind of owning their learning in such a way that they they almost have this sense of community, my voice matters. And so I just see it just part of really their identity and who they are. And so it's, you know, it's just so, so important. I see it as whole group partner talk, collaboration in smaller, you know, small groups. But in the end, I just think that it's, it's me being able to share my ideas and feeling comfortable and feeling like I have the space to do that. Thinking of my own practices early in my career, I like that true understanding of what having a voice represented within math class. My understanding was limited. Uh, it focused on that initial phase of getting students to talk and Getting students to talk is an important component, but I'm realizing that student voice is more than an initial phase of talking and 
student voice in math class, it's complex, it's powerful, unique, and and it's authentic. And I think it goes back to what you said, Hilda, the importance of students being able to be their authentic selves and how we as educators foster those inviting spaces in order for voice uh, to thrive in. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mario and Hilda and, and what you're saying, because even as as I reflect on my wife, uh, who is an English teacher, you know, I think part of her beginning was I'm not a math person. I don't like it, you know, and and and, and then I think the other piece with her is just to think how different she is. I remember she was very frustrated in college when there was this grade on participation because it had to look a certain way or be a certain way. And so there's this definition of what the math person looked like or what a participating student looked like. And when you didn't, you actually got, it actually, you actually got punished um, for not fitting that. And so uh, Hilda, I love what you said about it's, it's kind of who they are. Um, And so I, I guess the other piece that that makes me think of is how a student then feels like they belong and that they have value um, in that math discussion, right? So it gets down to something deeper. I appreciate that, Mario, than simply did I share or did I not share? As we continue to dive deeper into our conversation today around student voice, Hilda and Joseph, I would like for us to reflect and explore on how student voice appears. Well, I feel... I feel like I have to answer that two different ways, right? Like traditionally, what does it look like? Well, it really doesn't exist in a math classroom, right? Like I think about all the years I've been in and out of hundreds of classrooms and even my own experience, right? And it just doesn't exist in a math classroom. I think Joseph brought this up a second ago about how in other content areas, you might have more conversation, more collaboration, but it it doesn't quite exist in a math classroom. I feel we've done a better job in the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, even trying to make voice more important in a math classroom. So right now, traditionally speaking, it's going to be a recall. It's going to be a step-by-step. And that's a, that's, that is what we see in the majority of our classrooms. You know, what's six times five? Somebody yells out 30. There's the number. Or what's the next step? And then somebody tells us the next step. And we've all been there. We've all experienced that math classroom, right? Um, but we also see some beautiful things happening with collaboration. Um, and I could say there are more attempts in people. When I say people, I'm thinking universities or, um, you know, high school, even in elementary, more opportunities for kids to collaborate. So I, I want to give a shout out to, to all the teachers out there that are, that are making that attempt to try to try to get more collaboration, more opportunities for kids to speak their minds, to share their thinking, their strategies, to ask questions, to agree and disagree. And so when I think about what um, what it looks like traditionally versus what it looks like now or what we would love to see now, um, it is releasing um, our own control of that classroom and giving it back to kids to own their learning, right? And that will be with a good task, for example, um, and then some good questions and changing who our role and our role will become more of a facilitator, right? We've heard this. I feel like it's not new, but it is a shift for many of us. Like it is hard to let go of our traditional teacher role. Uh, Hilda, I love, I feel like you said so many great things and um, I feel like I can't really give a better answer than that, but I can add to the thoughts. I 
I love what you're saying. And I, and I do give a shout out to those teachers. I was that teacher who for so long was like, there's gotta be an answer out there. This doesn't feel good, but this is all I know. This is all I know what to do. And I loved my kids. So to all you teachers out there who are feeling frustrated, um, give yourself grace too. But I would encourage you one to be curious yourself. Um, don't be satisfied with a simple answer from a student, uh, just desire to under, you know, listen to learn, um, uh, to your students, right? So that's the first thing. So I think it's a mindset change for the teachers. You said it, Hilda, we got to become facilitators. Um, but also I think we got to have that same desire to just really understand our students. We talk about this all the time in the adult world, um, about uh, listening to learn and not just trying to get your ideas across. And so I think we want to do that for our students as well. And so I think there's little ways we can do that kind of stuff. You said it, um, the kinds of questions we ask. Um, and I also think it's even simple things like, hey, I didn't teach this yet, but I'm going to give my students an opportunity to engage in an idea and believe that they can give me thoughts, even if they're not perfectly formed yet, even if they're not the right answers. And I'm going to let them um, wrestle with it and have fun and not worry if we get the answer at the end. So if I'm worried that that's my end objective is always the answer um, and not the journey, then I think that's huge. So I think about just a quick example. I apologize for having gone long, but my, my son's at home. Um, our dinner table is a space where we, we talk to each other, but I leave it open to a lot of curiosity. So they, they always want to know what I did with the students. And then my, my, I got my nine-year-old asking for eighth grade work, not because he actually can get the correct answer every time, but because he just wants to see if he can try it. And then even better, most of our conversations, not even around what, what the math is, it's just around life, you know, it goes from like, Hey, what about that car? And like, how fast does that go? Well, I don't know. What's the fastest car? Well, how do you measure speed before you know it? They're asking question after question and I'm just letting them go. I'm letting them ask that question and show that they are learners because they're curious. So how do we bring that to the classroom, that dinner table conversation, right? Absolutely. I agree. It's important to recognize and celebrate the work that has and is being done around student thinking, around creating safe spaces, open tasks, and asking better questions. I think Joseph and Hilda, you both alluded to it, the role of the teacher and specifically making that shift. Uh, learning to be active and intentional listeners of our students' thinking. I think the point needs to be made. In order for student voice to appear in our math spaces, we as math educators need to believe that students have thought that they can engage within the mathematics, that students can be successful, and ultimately recognizing that natural brilliance that students possess when they come into our classrooms as we continue to explore these thoughts, Hilda, what needs to happen in order for voice to appear in math class? First of all, I feel like we have to believe, like you say, that our students bring with them natural gifts. And those natural gifts are problem solving, for example, um, that they can make sense of the world around them, right? So like allowing my own headspace as an educator to say, I don't hold all the knowledge, right? And so I think to make that happen, I do need to create a space where kids can feel safe, but also feel brave, right? To share their experiences with me, their life experiences, because they have so many experiences 
um, whether they're math related or not, right? So just allowing that sense of, we keep talking about that community or that belonging, that culture in which my classroom kids will come in and they already feel that they are contributors, right? They already feel like I'm here to own my learning, to share my thinking and to learn from others. So as a teacher, I feel like that's my first question is how do I make that happen? Right. How, how do I, um, Joseph said something about listen to learn. And I, I think how important that is listening to your kids, who they are, not just academically, but who they are as individuals. Right. Because I want to be able to embrace that their, their beliefs, their values, their culture, their styles. I want to be able to embrace that. And so I feel like that needs to happen. Um, and we don't think about it maybe in the math classroom so much because that math classroom is that I do, we do, you do, I do, we do, you do, I teach you. And I mean, again, speaking from my own experience as a math teacher, I modeled and they were my little mimickers. And I would love if I did two arrows and then they did two arrows on their paper. I would be like, yes, these are my babies. They are doing just like I did. I would, I would be very proud of them doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But now say, thinking back, I wish I could have given more opportunity for them to bring their brilliance. Like you said, Mario, they're, they're, um, they're just, I just think we don't realize how much they can bring uh, with problem solving sense, making reasoning and thinking. Um, I also think we need to um, have opportunities for kids to collaborate in different groups, right? Because sometimes it's like small groups, a teacher group, and but how can we be more flexible within those groups that we're trying to form so that the that the learning or the perspectives that are heard can really value everyone's thinking and then it builds, you know, my understanding of what I'm learning. So, um, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> Hilda, that was great. Um, it, it makes me think of this idea. And I think you kind of alluded to this, that, uh, this being learners of mathematics and being able to engage with it is really an inherent part of being human. It's not something special that only certain people get, and I see this, for example, with my my older brother and my dad. You know, my dad quit college. He was told he was stupid, um, all these things. And yet I see the work he does <clears throat> around um, measuring, around all this stuff where he can convert for equivalent fractions, where he could tell you the size of a room without even walking it or even measuring it because he's he's got that intuition. Excuse me. <clears throat> and so... Um, um, my older brother, who hated, you know, didn't love school, was a was a CD student, but yet he's doing um, XYZ axis for creating games and apps. He's he's understanding what's is it better to use fractions or decimals when creating a program to figure out people's salaries for the year and how to deal with a 365 calendar with a leap year. I mean, he's doing crazy stuff that he never engaged in in school and hated. Um, but why is that? Because it's inherent to being human we got to remind them that you, just because you you are who you are, that's all you have to bring because it's in, it's in you. It's, it's what makes us human. <clears throat> and, and then the other part was, I think we found um, in doing growth mindset, it was almost more important for the teacher to have a change than it was for the students. And so I think you alluded to this idea of changing. 
So what I want to encourage is, can we get away from telling the objective, assuming they won't know it, um, and and withhold the objective and let them discover mm-hmm. it and tell us? Can we um, tell less and ask more? <clears throat> can we get rid of and create more white space on our on our work? to stop crowding out student thinking and just asking for an answer? Can we remain curious like we do in science where we pose a phenomenon and then we investigate it and want to understand why it happens? Um, you know, can, can we be more curious back to our students and, and, and do these things? So I feel like that's what's missing um, to your point, Hilda. And I, I did this, I, I did CSTs, man. I got my kids, I got it. We got a drill and kill and I'm going to show you and even better, I'm going to give mm-hmm. you all the strategies you're going to do. And man, I was tired by the end of the day because I did all the thinking, um, but I stole that from them and um, I, we need to give it back. Thank you for sharing Hilda and Joseph. Hilda, I, I value how you highlighted the importance of teachers having that self-awareness to reflect within their own headspace that we don't hold the knowledge and we are not the givers of information. That comment made me realize and it provoked me to think of my own experience as a learner. I was really good at mimicking my teacher's work, their ideas within the classroom. I would copy their style, their cadence, but I quickly realized that my teacher's thinking and their ideas had an expiration date because when I needed to produce my own thinking, When I needed to produce my own thoughts, my own voice, I really struggled with that. As we end our conversation today, Hilda and Joseph, I would like for us to make one suggestion, a call to action that our listeners can consider in regards to inviting voice into their own math spaces. I think the one call to action um, would be to get to know your kids, honestly, to get to know them. Um, so that you can know their, you can, I guess, respect all your students' interests, their experiences, what they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with, what their socializing like um, styles are, uh, what what's important to them. Um, I think that if you if you know those things about your students and you humanize your work in that I want to know who my humans are in my classroom you'll be able to create an experience in which their voices can be heard. And I do think that is different than saying, get into groups. Uh, Here's a good task. And here are the questions I'm going to ask. And I'm the facilitator now. Those are all our teacher moves that make a huge difference in the math classroom. But we may not still get voice unless we have created a place where kids feel like they do belong and they are contributors. And this is a space where I can share my ideas, my thinking, and make personal connections to their world and see how the two worlds uh, really connect, right? My personal life and experiences and my math life and experiences or my school life and experiences. So how does all this connect? So I think that would be my call to action is uh, get to know your kids at all levels and also use those interests, use who they are, to make math accessible. That's great, Hilda. I feel like you've probably hit the ground level piece, right? Um, so I, I feel like I, I'll just build on that because um, I guess my one thing I would go back to is something around 
look, we, we have this weird space where we kind of assign value to things in our classroom, right? By what we acknowledge and what we don't acknowledge. And so some way to create space where every kid has opportunity to bring something to the table and then it's not just simply around getting correct answers. And it doesn't matter what subject it is, but that they are inherently valuable and that they have something to contribute. And uh, so I go back to my dad and those things when I've done math with him, if we go back to that subject, he's like, why didn't my teachers teach me this way? Why didn't someone care enough to say, you can do this. So it goes back to what you're saying, care enough to believe in them and say they can do this. They're a learner. And guess what? In this space with us here, we care about you and we uh, we know you could do this and we want you to be successful. So I think an opportunity to assign that value and say you are valuable. You are you are valuable. And maybe a simple way I was thinking in the math classes, even just that opportunity to try something you have not taught before because it my value and my ability does not rely on you telling me everything, but is inherent in me as a human being. So, wow, you got some great ideas. I can't believe what you're saying, guys. These are such great stuff, you know? So that's, that's what I wanted. And I see that in my dad now. It's like, man, here he is a 70 year old uh, who actually believes he's a learner now, you know, uh, who's reading for the first time, who's doing math, who believes um, he, he's having to do the budget because my mom can't do it anymore. Right. And he's like, I'm balancing checkbooks. I'm doing all this stuff I never thought I'd do. And he just, I see this new love and he's, he's, he's not done learning guys. He's not done. Um, and because it's just part of being human, it's so cool. So thanks for listening to math unmuted. Be sure to subscribe. So you'll never miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at math unmuted. Thanks again to our amazing math educators, Hilda Wright and Joseph Lamb for helping us reconsider and reflect on the importance of student voice within our math spaces. Take care, everyone. Until next time.